In today's episode, we're going to talk about stress and mental health of parents and caregivers during this global pandemic. It's important to remember that we are not psychologists, therapists, or mental health professionals. We'll be citing sources and offering our opinions as it relates to our experience. If you need help, please contact a mental health professional, and if this is an emergency, dial 911. I'm Fatima. And I'm Brian. And this is While You Were Napping, a show about parenthood and our growing family. Every episode is recorded during our son's nap. Today, we're talking about parents and caregivers' mental health during COVID. You know, it's fitting that we're talking about mental health and the need for taking a break as we're in our pajamas on a Sunday afternoon, having the laziest weekend day ever. <laughs> I know. And I also happen to have slept in until nine, which is really weird for me. Both Liam and I slept in until nine. So yeah, I think um, just that kind of like kicks it off of just, you know, the whole change in your whole routine. Um, I think normally if we woke up at nine and we still haven't showered <laughs> and it's close <laughs> to two, we would say our day is gone. Like there, you know, what's the sense? We might as well just go back to bed. Um, kind of was our old tune that we used to sing. And now I think we're just a little bit more forgiving of ourselves that we know how important it is to have these type of days. Absolutely. And, and all the stress during a pandemic, during COVID, is brought on by a lot of things, one being the pandemic itself. And as you said, it's it's those changes in routines can add a lot of stress onto a family, but it's also breaks in continuity of learning for your kids. They're not going to school, they're learning virtually and breaks in continuity of health. So missed dentist appointments, Guilty. Missed, <laughs> <laughs> missed doctor's appointments. I don't like if we just take a break right there I just don't feel 100% confident you just went to the dentist I did uh, a couple of weeks ago I'm just not I'm not there pretty much you had to sign a form that said if you get COVID it's on you yeah <laughs> so I'm not quite I, there yet I know but at least with, with the dentist I that is the one doctor I will is it, is it fair to call the, the dentist a dentist is a doctor um that's <laughs> That's the one medical professional appointment that I will not skip or or an appointment for my teeth. I, you know, I can go all day, two days without taking a shower. But if I do not brush my teeth in a day, I do not feel clean. We we all thank you for that one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then it's like missed life events. So... You know, we have a ton of family who recently had their first child. And so that meant that a lot of them missed out on their traditional baby showers, you know, or the meet and and greet um, of the baby when they when they first came. Um, So I know that was, yeah, sip and greet, whatever it's called. Sip and see. Sip and see. Okay. Um, (laughs) Maybe that's any any reason to celebrate. But those big life events, um, and I, I think across the board for a lot of new new moms like that missed opportunity those missed events in those in those first days even having your mom come over if you have like a mom with a you know health condition especially early on in the pandemic you pretty much stayed away from 
everyone you met your grandchildren maybe through the window. And Miss Birthdays. And one of my cousins celebrated her 21st birthday. And, um, you know, for a lot of these events, we did car parades, but not being able to go to a bar and have your traditional I'm 21 first quote unquote first drink. Um, a lot of these life events are kind of tossed up in the air and it's and I think it's up to also up to us as people to figure out how to be flexible to still give those life events life. Um, so like we planned a parade for my sister's baby shower. Uh, my aunt planned a parade for my cousin's 21st birthday and um, we had a few other car parades going on and we tried to make do of what we could in the pandemic to bring some kind of normalcy to to life. And I, I think the and the last point is just the loss of security and, and safety. And this can mean a lot of things, right? Security and safety with health, um, financial security, et cetera. And you know, just of just knowing that someone or thinking that you know that someone's going to be there around, especially if you lost someone during this during this time. So, um, you know, I, I think it it's brought awareness that really that security and safety was pretty much all a, a illusion, right? Um, you you had it there; it was it was constant, but it was never really guaranteed. And I think that it was brought to life during this pandemic. Mm-hmm. And for parents and caregivers. You know, and and there are lots of other stresses that that are brought on for, and it's unique to every individual person. But for parents and caregivers, not only are we have to worry about working, but if you're working at home, now you're taking care of your kids at home, and how do you balance work and life and essentially daycare? And then for those parents who are not able to work at home, now you have to figure out, okay, what's my daycare situation when I have to leave home, and now you have your stress of, okay, now daycares are opening. That's a whole other level of stress of sending your kids to daycare, hoping that they're going to be safe and that they will not get sick. And I just think that parents, you know, whether we feel it or people are actually doing it, there's a lot of judgment and guilt and whatever decision that you make. And so, you know, there's, you know, I saw this meme is like, whether you decide to send your kids to school to do some type of learning at home or daycare, whatever it might be, that let's just everyone get on board and be like, you know, instead of saying, oh, I, I would have done this. But, you know, I, I, that was a hard decision I know you had to make. And, you know, we respect and support your decision. I think if we, you know, if everyone gets on board with kind of saying that no decision is going to be the perfect decision but it's going to be the right one for that particular family and unit and then you have stress and what I can't imagine right now like you know with our son he's just two years old but he's not in virtual schooling so I can't I can't put myself in the mindset of having to work from home and making sure my kids are virtually going to school that's I that's a whole other stress that I don't know. I don't know how we would do. And I, God bless the caregivers who are doing that right now. Um, and then the same thing, if, if you're not in a position where you're able to work from home, you're working outside the home, how do you make sure your kids are learning virtually um, while they're going back to school? And then there's this overall stress with everyone being at home 24-7 and then not, and at the same time, uh, we talk about working and not wor- and not working I- inside the home, 
And then you have the added stress of what if you're not working and having to do all the above? Yeah. And and I I think one thing that I want to talk on is that my home for me, especially I've always had a demanding job where I worked a lot of hours, is that when I came home, I was able to disconnect and I was able to separate work and, you know, your home life. And now having to do both in the same area with also the con- the same people that you're seeing all the time, no matter how much you love them, like, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. It truly is. It's like, no, it's, it, you know, that's been said for many, many years. And I think it's, it's, it's true. I think sometimes you just start seeing someone all the time. Love you, Brian. But like, you're like, okay, like my coworker is just annoying. Like the, you know, him eating his chips by his desk or munching on M&Ms. I'm like, oh my God, like I can hear everything. And so you have to, you know, there's, Thanks. you have some strength. <laughs> you know, people know there's, that's a thing when you, when you're annoyed by mm-hmm. chewing, I forget what the phobia is. I'll get back to you guys on that. But I had a, a, a work friend, um, back at my previous job who actually found the phobia for me and I was like oh my god I have this I totally have this and then I think it's brought on by just m- more stress and so I hear every crunch every single one every single one <laughs> so um yeah so I think it causes those strains in 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 the in in relationships in general and how do you you know my coworker is not the greatest either <laughs> um in my shared space but how do you how do you unplug from work um I I literally unplug so my desk is right by my bed and so and and Brian sees me you probably think I'm a crazy person but this is what I need to do I have to unplug my charger and my computer and put my computer in my desk drawer or even in my bag so that I don't see it anymore and that is my way of separating work and and home life and being able to literally unplug or else I feel like, okay, I can just open up the computer. And I wasn't like that in the beginning of the pandemic. I think I was trying to make up for the missed time when I was balancing, looking after our son and, you know, and all the other demands of life and, sh- and, and mental health, you know, struggles, et cetera, that I wasn't able to disconnect like that and I left my computer on the desk and I would sign on and stay on until like midnight whatever time and then I just realized that I am what was the I so many people started saying the quotes like you're not working from home you're living where you work or you work something like yeah or you're working where you live Mm -hmm. something of the sorts and I was like wow that spoke to me because it's so true it wasn't my normal coming home to get a little bit more work done working from home situation Mm -hmm. this was the new normal and so I needed to shift with that new normal that's that's a good idea and that's what I started doing as well just closing my laptop and being done and and it's still on the desk though it's still mine's still on the desk (laughs) but I close it and it's helpful now you know, my email and calendar are separate from my phone email calendar. So I make sure I don't touch those apps. But you was in a you were in a different situation for me. Like I was at my job for going on a year and a half. You had just started your job when this started. Yes. So, you know, there was that element of just trying to push harder because you're you need to establish yourself at your new role. Absolutely. And but I was also fortunate enough to have be working with a team who valued taking a break and and unplugging. And so I took what I learned at my last 
job and said, I'm not going to be plugged in 100% of the time and just started off doing that. Um, some people, some of my coworkers at the beginning of the pandemic would keep their badges on. And then when they were done for the day, they would take off the badge and then put it in their bag. And that was their way of kind of signing off. And I thought that was kind of cute. people still like clip their badges to them? <laughs> is, that, is that a thing? I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't have a badge. So I'm going to have to wait to go work uh, IRL um, at that point um, to get one. But all this like, you know, parenting stress is associated with um, associated with mental illness can lead to negative interactions with your kids, including harsh discipline and maybe even being less responsive to your kids needs, maybe without you even realizing it or knowing it. But you have all this built up stress and anxiety. Um, And then for, you know, for parents, depression continues and contributes to health problems and low quality of life. Um, at the end of the day, we, as parents and caregivers, we do have an important role to play in safeguarding our children's mental health during COVID-19 and any pandemic. And sometimes that's so hard to remember, um, but we that's something we have to do, but then also thinking about how can we deal with all of that stress. Yeah, I think it's, in, you know, shifting your perspective of what you thought parenting I don't think anyone I don't think anyone really thought that they were signing up to be a parent for 24 7 (laughs) unless you were I mean we laugh about it but let's be serious unless you were signing up to be a stay-at-home parent you were working your eight hours if you're lucky whatever job you're at working your eight hours coming home parenting for those four or five hours maybe depending on when your child went to sleep and then for the 100% of the day during the weekends, right? And now you're shifting and you're like, well, that's not quite what I signed up for when I had this child now that I see them every day, 24-7. And so you you have to be conscious of your behavior and your interactions mm-hmm. with them all the time. And I remember parental leave with the first, and this was when the child didn't really, or at least didn't quite grasp everything I was doing. They could probably shift and understand my mood and, you know, whether I was laughing and smiling with them. But like when you have a two and a half year old who understands a little bit more, understands your reactions, repeats everything that you're saying, it's a lot of stress of having to watch how you talk and interact and and your attitude towards things all the time. Mm -hmm. Even when like we would take shifts with, you know, working and, you know, I would go out to the living room or you go out to the living room and going into the bedroom. And you might not think your child understands like, oh, mommy and daddy are working. That's why they're closing the door. Mm-hmm. So we just made sure we were explaining things. And then before you knew it, he was picking up on that. He's like, yeah. oh, mommy and daddy are working. Yeah. And like he understands that there's like people on the screen that, you know, we talk to and that, you know, it, you know, separating the bedroom from the living room was also helpful too, where mm-hmm. He knew that, like, if we were out in the living room, he gets we get more interaction. We're in the bedroom, you know, there um, that we're working, mm-hmm. um, and, and he picked up on that fairly quickly. I it, thought it's so funny to be working to when I'm in the living room with him and working, and then him going up to the door and trying to get in or knocking and saying, "Mommy working, mommy working." Mm-hmm. <laughs> he totally gets it, and no, I think that's a great point. Is you know how it. You have to separate your work and life and personal life in your home while you're at home with your kids. 
that's a, that's a really good point. Um, you know, one thing that came up, at least in the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of companies were saying, okay, take like a mental health day. Like this is all crazy shit that's happening. Like just, you need to take a day off. And a lot of companies recognized they needed to push people to take time off because for the first couple months, there was no vacation time being used. And and unused vacation time is not a new thing for Americans. Uh, Americans, on average, 23% take all the time they're given. And I am proud to be in the 23%. <laughs> I do not let a single day go unused. I think maybe in Same. my, in like decade or plus that I've been working, maybe one or two days had gone unused, but that was just because I miscalculated. <laughs> um, and that was very early on in my career. But since then, I do not let a vacation day go by. <laughs> and then you have, on the other end of the spectrum, 9% of people don't take vacation time at all. This I don't, I just don't understand. I think people need to realize that one of their benefits from working is the vacation time that you're getting and mm-hmm. you're essentially walking away from from free money. So there's no, we are not a part of that 9%. Mm-mm. I'm probably like outside that percentage because I probably, unlike you, I did the opposite and probably took more days than I I was supposed to. <laughs> um, just like given like we have so much How flexibility. Well, you know, <laughs> when you're working so many hours and then yeah. like, you know, your team actually gives you like that free mm-hmm. day where they say, don't worry about really signing on. Um, you know, I, I made it up in other ways. I shouldn't say it was free time, but like I shifted and was able to like, you know, be able to be really flexible. I, I'm fortunate enough to work at a company like that. Both companies I worked with where, where there was a lot of flexibility. And so, um, and, you know, if you needed to make up the time and, you know, work, you know, twice as much on one day so that you can take a little bit more time the next day, then that was totally fine. So that was like the normal for me. Um, but I, I think, uh, you know, in the beginning of it and why I personally didn't really like take the PTO time during the pandemic was because I was like, well, this is going to be over in like a couple of months and I want to actually mm, plan and go somewhere. You know, um, our son was finally getting to that age where we're like, well, maybe we could take him on a plane and go somewhere, maybe go down to Florida, maybe do something. So we wanted to save that vacation and PTO time to actually mm-hmm. do like, quote unquote, v- real vacation, which meant going and flying somewhere else. And so you were waiting and waiting six months, you know, five months into it. Like, well, this is not over and this it won't be over in the foreseeable future. So we need to shift our, our understanding and what it meant to have vacation and, and staycations became more and more of the norm like we just got over a staycation just mm-hmm. now yeah this is our this is our last day of our of our staycation and we planned and we did plan it at maybe a couple weeks ago <laughs> we took the time off um because you know with that 23 percent of being able to take all time that they're given nine percent of americans don't take it all on average workers forfeit half of their vacation time and I think that's a good point you brought up because at the beginning of summer, as of July 1st, the Wall Street Journal um, reported that fewer workers appear to be using less vacation time this summer. Now, it was as of July 1st, so maybe people haven't planned their vacations like we planned ours later into the summer. But from April to May, there were 63,000 requests for vacation time as compared to 120,000 requests the same time last year. And I think that plays into your point of people were waiting for you know the month or two months come june 1st we're going to be back to normal 
and then we're going to take our vacation time. I think we're going to see in the Q4 time frame, like no one's going to get anything done between October, November, and December because everyone's going to realize I have to take this vacation time. So I keep planning all of my work things around the fact that, oh, I'm not going to see anyone. Like when I took the vacation at the end of the last week, more than half my team was also out because we were just mm-hmm. like, wow, we got to, you know, I think I still have like a good two and a half weeks that I have to use in between now and, and the end of the year. And the article also noted that a lot of companies are switching over to unlimited vacation time. And I there's a lot of cos and prawns. Cos and prawns. There's a lot of cons and pros. Oh, cos and prawns. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, a, new, that's a new <laughs> phrase I've never heard before. <laughs> the cos and prawns of everything. There's a lot of pros and cons to unlimited vacation time because we see that workers don't take they take less vacation time when you have an unlimited vacation time policy. But in the middle of a pandemic, companies were realizing that, like to your point, people were holding their vacation time thinking the pandemic was going to be over. And they said, no, 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 no. Take vacation time. We're giving you unlimited vacation time so you don't have to worry about saving up your days like we're now seeing. <laughs> mm-hmm. So hopefully that works. And just being I'm in the position where I'm supervising, you know, 15 people. And so one of my messages, every time I know it's around the time where we're on a downtime, I say, please make sure you put time in your account, like just reminding them. So just make sure, and you don't have to be in a supervisor position. You can remind a friend, remind family, remind a coworker that, hey, like, did you take vacation time? What's your planned vacation? Um, And normalize that whole staycation type mentality and the fact that they should you know, put some time on the calendar mm-hmm. and make it OK to really unplug while they're off, because unplugging from work is one of the top reasons why people don't take vacation time. They don't know how to take a vacation and unplug because they're not getting that support. And, and just to tie this back in with like parenting and just in, in, in general, like you probably feel like you're too guilty because maybe you were running half the day you were running around with your two year old to Make sure that they consumed anything besides pretzel goldfish <laughs> and and you're stressing about the fact that they don't have a well-balanced diet or they're bouncing off the walls because they need to go outside. And so you had to take them around the block. And so you feel like, OK, I'm not giving my 100 percent time, you know, um, at work on those days. So I need to make it up on the other days. And I feel guilty being like, I need a break. But you do need a break. And I think that it's not so much what I've realized is that there is no way when I went to the office, I was working eight hours straight. Like mm-hmm. there's no, there, I'm, I'm like, I'm sorry. There were, you know, there's times where I wasn't actually doing work. And so if I, why would I expect that when I'm working from home with a two-year-old that I would be sitting at my desk staring for two hours straight? No, if I just accumulate and shift maybe the lunch break that I had taken and just, I mean, the distance to the bathroom and my desk has like shrunk enormously. (laughs) So I'm saving all that time and we laugh, but all the times and added minutes, the commute, et cetera, I think I'm probably working more now Mm -hmm. than I worked when I was actually going to the office. So true. I can I 100% agree So I, I I for for the parents out there that are taking those quote unquote breaks which it is not a break um but just balancing life like don't feel like you shouldn't take vacation that you don't deserve it and that you don't 
need a break. You don't need to be at your desk for eight hours in order to be productive and getting the things on your on your list. I feel like some of the parents are probably the more productive people um, who mm. get more done <laughs> at work just because mm. we know hey, I got two, like my husband just told me I could sit at my desk for two hours and he had him from, you know, um, from noon until two o'clock and I'm like, okay, let's get it done. Like these are the things I have to get done. And sure enough, majority of the time I would either get it done earlier or check more things off my list because I was timing myself like that because I have those limited windows that I need to work um which reminds me of another meme that I found in the beginning of the pandemic was like working the Dolly Parton song working nine to five Mm -hmm. and it's like as parents it's like working nine to nine fifteen then take another break and working from (laughs) 10 to 11 so you literally are working in these like you know spans of time and I think it went on until like 11 or midnight (laughs) I used to do that I kind of stopped it though because I was like it's okay for me to work from you know work those 30 minutes take you know my quote-unquote break or watch Liam then work the two hours etc so and and that's totally okay Mm -hmm. that's some good advice um and so I was trying to find tips because we can say here's tips but let's have it come from some professionals (laughs) so Johns Hopkins I would consider myself a (laughs) professional though just kidding I'm a professional in my own experience and if you wanted to um, have your personal finances taken care of, you can reach out to us. No, no, <laughs> no you, you cannot. I'm not. <laughs> nope. I will not take any responsibility for that. <laughs> um, but John Hopkins provided some tips on how to reduce stress while you're at home during the pandemic. So parents, caregivers, and non-parents and caregivers, I think this applies to everyone. Make one, make time for yourself. Make time for yourself. So that means, okay, I'm going to go move the car tomorrow and I'm going to take Liam, our son, with me. And f- fat, you have an hour to yourself. So I'm really making time for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the lesson, make time for your spouse, for your wife specifically. <laughs> I, it's, you know, this one always gets me when they're like, make time for your, yourself because you're like, well, is it an hour? Is it? 10 minutes is it five minutes and I honestly can beat any any of those whether it's like actually when you're eating you only have your 10 minutes to eat should you do it when you're sitting in front of the computer should you ask your spouse to like take you know take your kid you know for a little bit of a walk Mm -hmm. so you can eat in peace because I haven't eaten a hot meal and I don't know god knows how long but it's you know it this means um, so many different things for so many different people and so you know these are like mini suggestions but it you know it's really just finding those moments where you can be present and that you can that brings some sense of joy to your life mm-hmm. and for me that means while I'm putting our son down I'm taking an extra 45 minutes to watch a whole oh, you episode are so infamous I'm like I'm like Brian why is it taking you <laughs> an hour and or sometimes an hour and a half where he's in the room like putting our son to sleep and come to find out he's been going through like seasons seasons. yeah because maybe he just needs a break for me and to be honest like there's nothing better than a sleeping child it's peaceful in our son's bedroom with it's dark (laughs) you know he has his music playing the fan going it's cooler in that room Mm -hmm. always 
And so even in those moments where I'm like, you know, it's a, like, oh, should I help you put him down for a nap? And I'm like, actually, no, like this is <laughs> this is totally OK. I don't have like, you know, those, you know, finding those little moments um, are so, so key. Yeah. Even on the days where he falls asleep really fast. Um, but I got through a whole se- I got through the entire series of Dexter. I've never seen it before. And now I'm currently um, binging Dynasty, which I don't know if I can continue with, but I just have to see how this third season ends. Um, another important thing is to set realistic expectations. So stop trying to be Instagram perfect. And when you wake that's up, that's not the goal of life. I <laughs> thought it was. <laughs> when you wake up in the morning, set an expectation. Um, I'm gonna take a shower. Take a shower. I think that's Make even re- small. that's kind of reaching really high. <laughs> that's too high for you. <laughs> you know, I think I, I mean I like this a uh, you know setting realistic expectations if you need to be someone to set expectations, but almost not having expectations, especially during this Ooh. time, is is setting Twist. realistic expectations, right? Because you really don't know how your day is gonna go. And so, um, especially as parents, you think, oh, wow, you know, I'm going to be so productive today. And then, you know, you're sleep next to your child for most of the morning when usually you would have woken up three hours prior. <laughs> so, you know, I think that is not setting expectations is a realistic expectation that's, for a parent. That's a really good um, twist <laughs> on this tip. And maybe it's maybe it's not as uh, maybe it's not that maybe it's. You know, don't set the expectation that your your kid will eat healthy all day. Just make sure they eat something. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. don't stress about those type of things. Um, you know, and you also in this time of stress, an overall pandemic, you need to be careful and stay away from the people and the sources um, that compound mom, dad, parent, caregiver guilt. Um, you don't want to be if you're already stressed and you're already blaming yourself because you are you have caregiver guilt that you are working more and not giving your kid any attention. Then you have someone in your ear saying, wow, you're working too much. Um, you're just going to make yourself feel more guilty. And so you just need to stay away. It means it'll probably also mute in some of those Instagram mommy and mm-hmm. daddy bloggers that you guys follow. I mean, I did a huge us. cleanse. Yeah, not us. I try not to. I mean, some <laughs> no, of the food, all the styled food, you'd be like, oh my God, like there's no way I'm going to make any of this food. And I think if you go into the blog, we kind of talk about all the mishaps that we have during mm-hmm. the recipe. So I do encourage you guys to actually like swipe up and like read the <laughs> post so you can understand the challenges that you might have faced with, you know, preparing that meal. Um, but I think this gets into a dangerous area when you have, like particularly mommy or um, daddy bloggers where you're, they're showing this perfect image of their children and you don't really see like behind the scenes kind of what they went through. Trust me, like when I post things on just like my personal page about something that our son, you know, he just wants to eat goldfish or whatever. And then sure enough, all my mommy friends are being like, well, my son only wants to eat this, blah, blah, blah. So we're all going through the same thing trust me they're probably pulling their hair out a little bit even more trying to get like a perfect image of their child being all dressed up you know Mm. um so if you need to mute those pages especially during this time don't unfollow but if you just can't you don't want to see the 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 images then you know you should you should do that that protects your your mental health Mm -hmm. i think that goes into 
setting boundaries, kind of what we were talking about earlier, separating our work, personal life, and just setting boundaries, making sure that if your workspace is the corner of the kitchen, dining room table, that you make that work. And then when you leave that area, you are not working. Yeah. And um, something I did too, because my company is international and so people would throw meetings even later in the evening, is that, okay, I knew I needed to, that was something that existed even before the pandemic. So I blocked off my calendar from 5.45 until 8 o'clock. So my international teams did not try to put a meeting on my calendar before I put our son down for bed or handed him over to you for you to stay in the room for an hour and a half and watch television. So, um, (laughs) you know, like those are setting your boundaries, you know, especially as a parent, if you know you have nap time, if you know you take, you have breakfast duty or you have putting your um, child to sleep or giving them making dinner, put that time on the calendar so that you can build those time slots of working nine to nine fifteen. working. You're setting it, take that control back, set those boundaries up in about how people should u- utilize your, your, your calendar. That's a really good idea. Um, and I think this next, this last one is kind of timely for what we're doing now, but celebrating success, celebrate the small things. Don't celebrate, celebrate everything. Honestly, wake up in the morning, celebrate that. Um, one of my favorite biking coaches, her quote is, we woke up today, let's do something with it. It just, it gets me every time. Um, I just give myself goosebumps talking about oh that. Oh my God. <laughs> but I think, you know, as we're right now, we're, we are going through a whole praising, uh, system with our son and trying to encourage his good habits and encourage him, um, growing up and doing and making sure that we're recognizing him for the good things that are happening in his life like simple things like making sure you eat your dinner um (laughs) making sure you start sitting on the potty um and i think just celebrate the small things that happen so whether that's you made dinner that's a win whether that dinner were you know a cup of ramen that you threw in the microwave or a uh, lemon roast chicken that you can find the recipe on theleesandloafers.com. <laughs> Shameless plug. <part. laughs> um, celebrate. Celebrate that. And the more you celebrate the small things, the more, I think, the more happier you will be. I think that's so true. And, and, and something that I also saw that can even take this a step further from celebrating the small successes, but was, you know, someone said, don't let one moment define, you know, your 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 day one bad moment to find that it's a, a bad day or you know or even in this case a bad year I think that there's a lot of bad things that are happening or that has been happening but you see it more and why because of social media um, the fact that people are sharing more all these things did exist before you know and 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 sometimes it's you know it's so much it's so easy to hold on to the the bad things and say that was a terrible day you know sometimes when I'm you know I try to be a little bit more mindful when I'm like oh my god this day was just so terrible and then if I put that more into context like what was terrible about it and it's like either if I woke up late or whatever it might have been or I couldn't get our son down for a nap timely so I missed a meeting that was one moment does that define my entire day and the answer is no. So try to understand that. And when you're 
filling in those way uh, in that way, um, kind of identifying what it is that's making you feel that way and what's defining that bad, you know, feeling and then understand that it doesn't have to define your entire day. That's, you know, that reminds me of something I read. I don't know where it was. Some type of meme. I think we read too much. I think we read too much. <laughs> or at least I like, I'll get a lot of my inspiration from memes. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it reminds me of something I read where, um, you know, someone say you won $86,000 and you deposit it in your account and you realize someone, you $10 went missing. Someone stole $10 from you. Now you just won $86,000 never had before. Do you care about the $10? Yeah. You do care about the $10? I mean, not as In much. In the grand scheme of the $86,000? No, 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 the answer is no. Just answer no. <laughs> and, you know, there's 86,400 seconds in a day. And if you have a bad moment that lasts 10 seconds, don't let that 10 seconds ruin the rest of your day. I think that we just need to end our podcast right there because <laughs> Brian just dropped a lot of knowledge on us with a lot of numbers. I thought I was the accountant, but apparently he is. But it's so true. All these little like cheesy things. And it's so easy for you to say it. And it does take a lot of practice. And I'm still really bad about it. But I've gotten better. I've gotten better with it. Because I, you know, you you have to understand what you're feeling and then understand why you're feeling it to be able to identify that. And then like shift your energy shift your activity and what you do after that it's 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 very powerful um you know once again not perfect at it but i i have gotten a lot better with it i think you know the american heart association recommends being out in nature just as little as 10 to 30 minutes on a daily walk bike ride whatever can help reduce stress so what other things do you do to reduce your stress um so we got a peloton so i try to <laughs> you're like double the amount of ride you actually are more than double the amount of rides with me but you know if i i'll try and do a ride to, and you know commit to like three days of that that reduces some stress and if i feel like i'm more stressed from missing a vi- ride like i kind of like try to not do that to myself um i bought a lot of nail polish lately so I'll just like paint my nails. That seems, even though I don't quite give myself enough time to paint my nails um, before I go to bed and then I have the imprints of the fabric on them. And you always say, why do you do this to yourself every single time? And I think it's more just like a stress reliever. If you do an activity, mm-hmm. it takes me like 20 minutes or so to paint them where I have to kind of focus on something, then my mind doesn't wander as much. And so I've also gotten into just like, other little crafts which i'll share with you guys later and it'll probably be up on um lilies and loafers another shameless plug but things that you can do where your mind doesn't wander Mm -hmm. that's a good point i think just overall it's it's just important to give yourself whether you are a parent caregiver non-parent non-caregiver it's important to give yourself quality me time and i know that could be hard to do but whether that's 30 minutes in front of the television or 30 minutes building Legos. Maybe that's 30 minutes of making your child sit in front of television. <laughs> I mean, we just to own to our own privileges of being able to lean on each other. There are a lot of single parents out there who are the sole caregiver giver and mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe just even if it's for a certain amount of days, 
So if you need some me time, maybe it's like, yeah, you can watch that movie, even though they recommend, I think it's only an hour. I'm sorry, but he, our son gets way more than an hour of screen time. And that is like a stress reliever for, for us. Mm-hmm. And at least, at least the screen time, he's, he's learning Mandarin off of what he's watching. I know. He's probably like cursing me out <laughs> in like a different language and I'm, I'm not even sure. Um, you know, th- there's just so much going on right now. It's hard to get into that mindset of trying to give yourself a break. And while a lot of us at the beginning were starting hobbies and then there was a lot of people who were making fun of your macrame, your guitar lessons, your Lego building, other hobbies that were sprouting up. Um, I think it's those hobbies that people needed to reduce stress and that you should not feel guilty or you should not feel any type of way for doing those hobbies or taking up hobbies because we all deal with stress in different ways. The CDC has some resources for parents that we'll link on our website at lilliesandloafers.com and in this description. That's all for this episode uh, and we'll see you next time. While You Are Napping is a Lilies and Loafers original podcast. It's hosted by me, Fatima. And me, Brian. Original music by Purple Planet. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.